0: Hello and welcome to the Emerald Gamescast episode 2-3-23. My name is Nolan, with me is... <laughs> I'm Janelle. And...
1: Uh, I'm uh, A-L-E-X, since we're just going to sound out each
0: character. We're on episode 20... 24. 24? 24? I'm going to say 24. We should
2: start writing that down.
0: Listener, if you know what episode number it is, <laughs> imagine if we ran a professional podcast. Uh, oh we do, man. Alex.
1: Imagine if we, we had line. like a modicum of like professional. I got retweeted
2: by a blue check. so That's true.
0: We did. So I
2: don't know. What I you're would
0: say that about. this is the best games centric podcast that the Daily Emerald hosts.
2: I would have to agree with that. You know what?
0: That's <laughs> a good point. I can't argue that. Yeah,
2: absolutely. How are you guys doing? I'm having an allergy attack, but. Today I, I I shouldn't be telling you this. I wish Alex had asked because this is a weird segue. Well, go for it,
0: go for it. <laughs> today <laughs> listener needs to know.
2: I'm doing great because Nolan and I today ordered a Japanese PS two mm-hmm. and a bunch of Japanese PS two games or PS one games actually games. that I am very excited about. So I'm doing great.
0: Are you shipping it from overseas? How's that gonna work?
2: Yeah. Oh, I think I will. Um,
0: when's it supposed to, to get on. there? I know the the PS two might be from Japan. The game is from I think it's a Glenwood, Georgia. Oh, really? There's a guy with a garage out there. A bunch <laughs> oh, of no. PS1 games. He probably already imported it and then is like, I don't want
1: to yeah. use this anymore. So,
2: But it says just like a couple of weeks from now. But with the way everything's going, I would be surprised and like, no rush. I don't care. Well,
0: yeah, yeah. You
2: know, but I'm excited regardless. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm doing good. How are you guys doing?
0: I'm doing great. What are you up to, Alex, these days? In in right, the I, quarantine. I
1: also ordered something. I finally ordered a... Uh, with my, uh, well, I did it preemptively with, with my tax refund, which hasn't come in yet, but I'm using my tax refund to refund the amount of money that I spent on a new monitor, uh, mm. 100, 144 hertz uh, IPS monitor, uh, so I'll be, I'll be seeing things real speedy, but I also had that thing where they were like, oh, it's going to come in like a month, and I was like, okay, that's fine, I guess, um, but yeah. a little bit before we started recording, I got an update that's like, hey, it's on the way, it'll be here Sunday, so... <laughs> I don't know if they, I don't know if they were just like being extra cautious to make sure nobody gets disappointed or or what, but like.
2: That makes sense. We ordered, we had to order a table because we're a couple of babies and we didn't have a table (laughs) before. And like our desks just are not good for doing homework from. So since like our classes are at home for the foreseeable future, we bought this table and Ikea said that it would take like two months to get here, but it was a week, I think. So
1: yeah, there you go. I I imagine it's like a, a, a safety preventative measure, right?
2: Yeah, mm-hmm, it's like the opposite
1: mm-hmm. of when mobile games have like constant updates and give you all sorts of like little currency things. It's like it's it's yeah. like yeah. A, it's like a reverse endorphin rush. They they let you down yeah. and then they they let you down and then they they pick you back up by saying surprise we lied here it is.
0: Man, I got a hell of an endorphin rush just when I discovered that the game that I ordered today existed. I mean, so me me and Janelle already planned to order a Japanese PS two because they're backwards compatible with PS one. And then PS3 is region free, so between my PS4. PS2, the Japanese PS2 will have, and the PS3 we currently have, we have both regions, um, all four generations, because PS4 mm-hmm. is region free as well. So that's PS4 that's the is region set. free.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Yeah.
0: Um, everything three upwards is region free, except for I want to say the Vita is not region free, but like the PS4. Of course was... it's not. Why would the Vita yeah. ever do something anyone wants? No, Aww. wait. The Vita is because I have, I do have. I used the same Vita when I was in Japan that I bought here. Oh, okay. So it is. Okay, yeah, never mind. Okay, then. so two and one down. Um, yeah, but slamming on the Vita—that is warranted. It's, it's. <laughs> I won't blame you there. But anyways, I was just looking at eBay and found this game called Kowloon's Gate, which is a cult hit Japanese horror game set in Kowloon walled city. Um, that if you've ever played Mist, you might know what I'm talking about when I describe a game that relies on first-person pre-rendered backgrounds that you then basically are clicking in, saying, okay, I'm walking forward now, and it plays a canned animation where the background transitions into the next area. And then you have the option to pivot in place and choose your next direction. So if you've played Myst 1 or 2, it's basically like that, Um, but as a PS1 horror game. And I didn't even know it existed. I already love Kavlin, Walled City. Janelle can vouch. I was just... Reeking out and trying he, to buy it instantly.
2: He lost his shit. It was very exciting.
0: I am very,
1: very okay, cool. excited. Well, you'll have it. to you'll have to tell us about it. I've I've never even heard of this game, obviously, because it, it never came out here. But yeah, it, it
2: looks really weird, but really cool. Mm-hmm. And there's also like a a VR version that came yeah. out that doesn't look as good, but it's it's weird, but it looks really cool.
0: Strange. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's a bit about old games, but um. We're coming up on Generation 9 right now. It's 2020, and the console wars are going back into gear again. And um, Janelle and I tuned in. Alex, I think you saw some of the trailers, but Xbox had a 25-minute presentation yesterday morning around 7 a.m. where they showed off some new games. Did you get a chance to tune into that? I, I saw
1: a bit of it, but I want to just talk about it really quick first. They're calling this specific presentation Inside Xbox, but they also recently came out with an initiative called Xbox 2020, I think it is. Or yeah. Xbox 20 slash 20, which is, uh, they're, I think they're doing one presentation like this every month of 2020. Um Wow. I guess it's kind of like a Nintendo Direct where they'll just have a little digital thing where they'll show off different games. I believe it's next month that we're supposed to be getting first party titles. This was all third party titles. Mm-hmm. Um some of them are multi-plat, but they decided to get the exclusive like show off reveal rights. Um But you guys actually some... watched the
0: full thing. I only saw a couple clips of yeah. different games. Yeah, so- some are multi-plat, and what was strange is that they didn't um, well, it's not strange. They didn't mention that like with Yakuza 7 it's multi-platform but it it said uh coming to Xbox and Windows and
1: Oh, that's always how it's been whenever Yeah. yeah. Of course. Xbox they're does not a lot. about. Yeah. I
0: don't yeah, think they that they're them. too worried about confusing the consumer on that front. But um uh do you want to just like run down the list? Yeah. Just talk about what what they showed? Okay.
2: I wait, first I'd like to say that I think it's hysterical that they said that there would be gameplay and then there was gameplay for like three
0: games maybe there was like no <laughs> gameplay well i mean like th- they did show gameplay eh, but there was of. it would be like a cinematic trailer followed by a sizzle reel of gameplay they weren't really look at these graphics yeah world premiere okay i'm just gonna list them off quick and we can talk a little bit about each one um because this is the first look we've seen in the next generation games so we have uh bright memory infinite have you heard of this one alex i don't think i saw that one Okay, Bright Memory Inf- uh, Infinite was a first-person shooter by a Chinese developer. I guess made all by one person. Yep. Wow. You know, the the developer uh, name I forget, but yeah, one one developer who made this like he said about 80% his own work and 20% uh, asset purchases. But it looks huh. on first glance to me kind of like kind of like crisis um with the speedy arena shooter influence of the modern dooms but then with a weird a weird ingredient mix of like character action mechanics the shooter had a grappling hook and a melee parry and sort of a witch time slow down and huh. also a car that they yeah. were driving too. it was interesting
2: it was interesting, but it looked kind of fun. The car thing really turned me off from it, but... I
0: want to hear about that, because you told me last night, you like, the instant a car came into frame, Janelle was like, oh, I'm less interested now.
2: Yeah. What's the thing <laughs> with that? Because, I don't know, if I want to play a game where I'm driving a car, I will actively go out of my way to try to do that. That never happens, by the way. But I just, I don't really like cars in video games. That's just not, fu- I don't know. I I just don't, I can't explain it. I just don't like driving a car around in most video games
1: you know it's, what i think I, i'm with it, you on it's that. not that
2: deep really thank, think, okay thank I'll, you
1: can like seven out of ten times maybe i think i'm with you i think yeah it's just it's I, like, I, I it's generally more fun and more convenient to move with me i always like forget i'll leave my car somewhere and then it'll be like yeah. oh now i gotta go like i'd rather just walk you know
2: It's yeah exactly it's this big bulky thing that i feel totally limits my movements and what i'm allowed to do and it just
1: you know what's great about
2: horses
0: present. They do their own mm. shit, and you can call them, and they will come to you. Exactly. I like cars and video games, but I have one problem with cars and video games, um, and it's that in a lot of open world games, if the wor- there's, there's, there's two options. You can make a uh, world design that is really dense, and then the issue that arises is that driving the car causes you to like, miss the details um, or skip over stuff that you'd otherwise run into. Or you can design the world around the car, which requires a lot of negative space. So, like, you're right in that, like, putting a car in a game definitely changes Mm -hmm. what the game is going to be doing pretty drastically. Uh, I don't know. I think this game looks cool. It's Mm, really, really freaking pretty for being made by one person.
2: It's a really pretty game.
0: I'm worried. It almost looks so pretty that you worry if it will run and because it's made by one person and optimization can't be i don't know maybe they're a genius optimizer but what was that one
1: bioshock looking game that took place in like a post cold war like uh so like ex-soviet union country do you guys remember this yeah an old game or from this from this it it was it was from a couple years ago and it was just it was the same idea it was a sizzle reel and it looked gorgeous um but that's all it was is it looked gorgeous and we never saw any gameplay and like People left the team, and I, I, I hope that it's not that issue where it's just—I don't know—a pretty sizzle reel.
2: Hmm. Yeah, hopefully not.
0: Well, I guess we'll see. We got Dirt Five yeah, was announced. You cars. guys care about Dirt?
2: No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Listen, confession: I like Dirt. I, Janelle's watched me play Dirt Rally. He's uh, they're fun. You're allowed dirt to 5? like Dirt.
2: Yeah, exactly. It's I know. not a big confession. But Dirt Five,
0: I could. Um, you know, it's a bargain game. I bought Dirt Rally for like eight bucks. I would not buy Dirt 5 for more than 20, but you know, uh, Scorn, this one looks really interesting. Did you hear about Scorn?
1: All I know about Scorn is that apparently on the Easy Allies podcast, it has been a running joke for many, many years. I don't even know what the joke is. The joke is literally (laughs) just them describing Scorn for some reason.
0: (laughs) Well, the, 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 the trailer also didn't do a lot of describing Scorn. Um, there was definitely no game. <laughs> they left that right for the them. Easy Allies <laughs> podcast to make
1: jokes about.
2: Oh, yeah. Is that the game where you, Nolan, were like, this looks great. And I was like, what does? What is this game? There's <laughs> nothing. Like, we haven't seen any. What are was, you talking about? I was
0: only saying the art looks great. The, it was gross. The art looked like an H.R. Geiger work, basically. Yeah. Yep, yep. And and the 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 influence is so explicit that... I would be sh- I would not be shocked to find out that it just was an HR Geiger work honestly. Um I don't really know if he's dead or not. He's dead. <laughs> but he died God, not it, too long ago. Yeah, it, it's 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 one of those things that straddles the line of homage almost too much for me. It looks like just a frame from the movie Alien practically. Mm-hmm. But that being Alien's said. Alien's a good movie. Alien's a good movie.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know what I'm really else? interested in? I don't, sorry if I'm yes. jumping around from your list. Um, Call of the Sea. Did you guys see this mm-hmm. one?
2: Yeah, I was actually just going to talk about that one. Oh, that perfect. one That one kind of just, when I first saw it, I thought it was pretty, but that it looked like an indie game, which isn't a bad thing. It just, you know, some Xbox always has those games that, like, I think look really beautiful, but I always inevitably forget about. And mm-hmm. this was very much one of those. However, it does look, it looks cool. It looks like a fun it looks neat
1: one of um. my favorite aesthetics in, in anything is like like turn of the century like colonialism edgar rice burroughs style like you know like expedition adventure type thing like the Adventureland in disney right i love oh, yeah. that aesthetic yeah. we didn't see any gameplay of call of the sea but that alone looked really interesting um i yeah. got
0: kind of like a i got kind of like a Firewatch vibe from the gameplay oh, yeah. that they which i mean they didn't really show gameplay but what the, the little bits they did show reminded me of that sort of uh kind of light puzzle explore an area get the vibe
1: of it yeah Mm-hmm. and that could be really interesting i'm definitely gonna keep my eye on this for sure
2: oh totally i mean heck i liked firewatch it was a uh, yeah it was firewatch good.
1: is a really good game
0: Chanel's um ps4 theme was was firewatch for like two years
2: no until like god when i changed that like a month or two ago it had been that since 2016 i think damn it's a really good ps4 theme
0: i could have sworn that you it's just a really gorgeous and good game too i could have sworn that you loved that ps4 theme and then you just told me like i didn't really care for firewatch
2: um (laughs) uh, i like the aesthetics more than i i didn't care about the characters so much but i liked the game it just um i think i used to have i used to used to have a problem with walking sims that tease almost some games like that game and gone home kind of make you think that they might end up being kind of scary um sure they imply that something scary could happen and i love being scared by video games it's my favorite feeling in the world so back then a few years ago whenever that would happen and then it inevitably was not a scary thing it would always let me down tremendously Mm. but um yeah Considering that now, Firewatch is fine. It's good. I liked yeah. it. It was good. I didn't super care for the characters, but I thought it was a fun experience. I liked it. Do
1: you want to hear about a games, video game that will scare you?
0: I was <laughs> going to make that segue too. I do want
2: to hear about this video uh, game.
0: John Madden's you, you NFL gosh, 21. <laughs> <laughs> you goddamn trickster.
1: Wait, were you going to make the same joke?
0: Yeah, but I was going to actually talk about the game that would scare you. Oh. <laughs>
1: Well, they also cool. revealed Madden uh, NFL. Would, uh, cool if you like Madden. That's great. Um, yeah, great. They, well, one thing they great. did talk about is that there's this program that'll let you bring up games into the next generation consoles. You remember what they called it? They had like a, a little name, a yeah. little marketing name for it. Um, I do not remember that at all. But basically, you could buy a game on your Xbox One and then pretty much all of these, or a good chunk of them at least, would be able to be moved up to the next... Uh, version of the console i don't know the details except for uh uh madden 21 which you need to buy both copies of the game and then get it at a certain time frame like they technically let you move it up just like everything else but ea has to do their own fun little money-grubbing weirdness about it Hmm. right bizarre Um, that's the only interesting thing that we have to talk about madden i think though
0: Yeah, Yeah. it's like when you got to buy the Assassin's Creed Rogue disc on PS3.
1: It's apparently a lot like that, yeah.
0: could pay like 15 bucks to make it a PS4 disc. Wait,
2: hold on. Before we talk about more interesting games, um, last week I was like, yeah, maybe I'll try out this new Assassin's Creed game. It looks, I, the second we watched the trailer, I just lost any possible interest that I could have had.
1: Oh, really? I I haven't actually seen the trailer.
2: It just... Even you, we were like, eh. It was one of those trailers, one of those very E3 trailers with the a certain type of song in the background. I don't know how to describe that genre of music. And then Hype music. Hype music, music. And then like trailer music. And then, you know, like fighting. And I,
0: I described it as like bargain bin imagined dragons.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and just that look at how pretty our game is trailer music. And I just lost any interest after that
0: i i think it, i think it could be cool um yeah i think that assassin's creed games have a lot of potential by the way listener assassin's creed valhalla is the game in question here it's going to be a viking themed oh, assassin's right. creed right. we um, talked
1: about it last episode but just in case yeah
0: we did and uh i guess the big thing to get from it except beside it being a viking one is that they've explicitly said they're going to be paring it down it's yeah. not going to be as, that big, as was much interesting. game that
1: was what I was going to talk about. Actually, is that that's got me mm-hmm. even yeah. more interested in anything. The fact that they yeah. realized that quality, or quality and quantity are not the same thing. You know, M-
0: me as well. Absolutely, that's, that's a big draw. But I agree with Janelle that the trailer didn't do it for me because, like a lot of Assassin's Creed media, the trailer just felt very corporate. Mm-hmm. It didn't. It didn't have a lot. Of, it didn't really have any like anything about the game that said. Um, it didn't say anything about the game beyond this one is the Viking one, you know. And, didn't I, and they I call it a gameplay that, trailer, the the and
1: shit. then it wasn't a gameplay trailer.
0: So it was on a gameplay trailer. Not at all. It was a sizzle reel with slow motion, maybe gameplay. But you know how those in-engine things are. They're about as much gameplay right. as like a beta build. You don't really know yeah, what you're getting. Yeah. Um, or like a E3 vertical slice or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you think you'd be interested in picking it up, Alex? Uh, probably not at launch, probably not at full
1: price. Maybe. (laughs) Yeah. I'll keep a spare eye on it. If it, if it ends up in my peripheral vision, I might look at it for a minute, but you
0: know. Sure. I got AC Odyssey free with a graphics card and that, and that, that was perfect.
2: Yeah. There you go. Just buy another graphics card.
0: Yeah. That's a real pretty game that
1: you can show off your graphics card with. Absolutely.
0: Do you guys have any objections to me listing off like two or three games that I don't care too much about and see if you want to before we go to the interesting ones in the list? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Um chorus? You guys hear about chorus. Looks looks uh. like a uh chorus looks like a spaceship kind of third person action shoot 'em up, I guess, with yeah. like a control looking vibe.
2: It looks like control in the Gears trailer mm. from Last E3.
0: Oh, it does look like that Gears trailer. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um Ascent looks kinda interesting. It's a cyberpunk co-op uh. top down shooter, four player thing kind of reminded me of alien swarm. Um I like cyberpunk. I I don't know that I care too much for that game in particular. Second extinction. You guys hear about this one? Oh yeah, with the the ugly-looking Jurassic World mutant dinosaurs. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a really um mediocre dinosaur horde mode game. It's only 3 players, which is a weird number. Yeah. Um as a fan of action games, Scarlet Nexus looks like it could be Ugh. pretty good, but I'm not sold from that trailer. What did you think of Scarlet Nexus, Alex? Did you watch that one? I didn't watch that one, but Janelle I seems did. like she has an opinion.
2: I was really interested in it at first because the backgrounds were gorgeous. The setting that it showed us at the beginning of the trailer was beautiful. And then it was like these super realistic backgrounds and anime characters. And I don't hate anime. And when I went Ugh, yesterday, Nolan went, you hate anime. But, like, <laughs> I get that style, that like mix between realistic and anime does nothing for me. It actively turns me off from games. I really hate it. So, it's like I when have... you put an
1: organic element in a Lego game, it's just not right.
2: Yeah, it, exactly. <laughs> and additionally, all of, um, or many of the female characters or enemies in that were like hypersexualized, which I have made my thoughts very clear on mm-hmm. many times. So,
1: Mm-hmm. So I'm but not... how will they sell the game without titties?
2: I don't know, man. Nobody will it's buy nobody it. Nobody will buy it. So yeah, that's my thoughts on. I mean
0: that's why I cancelled my Last of Us 2 pre orders. <laughs> 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 um okay, the good stuff. Vampire, the Masquerade, Bloodlines 2.
2: I was embarrassed to say that I was into that trailer because it was such a gamer trailer. It was, it was like a it was like a Borderlands gamer type trailer. Like the this is a funny game trailer, and I always tell you guys how much I hate it when games are funny. But like I was into
0: it. I thought it was trying to go for creepy. You had you had a yeah, you had like dead a... bodies strung up with smiles carved into the their faces. The beginning I, I, was really scary. I thought it was very gamer in the sense that it was like a scene from Joker. But well yeah, that...
2: yeah. There's nothing more gamer than that. That is that is gamer. <laughs> Peak
0: gamer. Listen, have have you have you two either played the original Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines? I have not. I also have. Have you not. Alex? Okay. I, I've played that game. Um I I I think that as an RPG, it's really good in the sense that it's it's a it's a cold hit because of its quest writing. That game has has very well put together quests and a very um cohesive world and a lot of good systems it's also janky as hell and it frequently undermines its undermines itself with just actively bad writing even though the stuff is structured well i'm interested for vampire The Masquerade: bloodlines 2 to be the game where this developer shows that with a publisher and with a good budget they can take a janky cult hit and make it into a, a solid put together game but i will admit you're not wrong this trailer is still very gamer and maybe not (laughs) maybe doesn't show that they 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 kind of still it still looks just as like tween edgy as the original did Mm -hmm. um the original game is super tween edgy there's a lot of characters that you know look like harley quinn and joker could just pop in and not even be out of out of place in that game Um, sure hey some people are into that yeah i'm looking forward to it i'm looking forward to seeing what they do
2: I just, he kept saying it was, <laughs> when the trailer first started, he was like, oh, it's We Happy Few too. And then <laughs> he couldn't, he wouldn't stop saying it. And then like the next three games, he was like, oh, it's We Happy 2. <laughs> <We Happy> <laughs> what a letdown. Hey, can we just have a podcast dedicated to how upset I am in 2020 about We Happy Few?
0: Still? Well, yeah. Oh, I got over that a long time ago. I stopped caring.
2: Uh, oh, man.
0: We Happy Few, I was not let down by the game i was just let down by the very first trailer and then finding out that it was a roguelike yeah and i like roguelikes but not like that yeah
2: (laughs) what else was there
0: okay the good stuff the 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 cream of the crop here um janelle you're a resident silent hill fan
2: it's true i thought you were gonna say resident evil fan
0: our resident silent hill evil fan yeah yeah uh what do you think about the medium
2: i'm very excited for the medium alex did you watch the that medium? trailer
1: i did not i heard a lot about it but i think you should be the one to explain it um can you no
2: i shouldn't no i absolutely should no? not no i absolutely should not i was I bit, no 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 no
0: <laughs> okay
2: i was let me say this despite the fact that i was very excited for it Towards the end of it, I was very tired. We watched this yesterday morning while mm-hmm. I was, like, working on coffee or waiting for coffee or something. I wasn't all there. And by the end of it, I thought I had watched two trailers for two different games. So please do not leave this to okay. me.
0: Okay. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> it was, it's it's a trailer that looks... Well, they build it as a psychological horror game. Yeah. Um, in the tradition of Silent Hill. And it's set in what looks to be a rundown um soviet block area it, the, mm-hmm. the the trailer begins with the kremlin in view and continues to sort of a uh, countryside with decaying soviet architecture sort of like a stalker game in a way um and then makes the reveal that there is a second layer of the world sort of like a like a hellscape in there that the player is tapping into
2: extremely silent hill that mm. is literally what silent hill is and f-
0: from the gameplay that they showed, it looks like it's going to be third person like that. You know, mm-hmm. low low combat um, exploration. And then they dropped the big reveal, which is that they are having the soundtrack composed by Akira Yamaoka, who is the Silent Hill guy, who, uh, coming from a non-Silent Hill fan, has created the most iconic parts of that franchise that I identify with. Sure. Without having played more than the first half of two. Right. Yeah?
2: I mean, yeah, that part... I think I, like, yelped. I made a yeah. sound at that. That is very, very exciting. And to see it look so much like Silent Hill is very exciting. And it gives me a lot of hope for this game.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: I'm, I'm excited for you to watch the trailer, Alex, because it looks really awesome.
1: Okay, yeah,
0: i definitely have to give it a look. Yeah. Yeah, you should look into it. And then the grand finale?
2: I knew this was going to come. I knew it was going to happen. And yet, when we got to it, I had forgotten. And I see this this shot of Tokyo, and I said to Nolan, wow, these guys really know what we're into. And then it was Yakuza 7. (laughs)
0: Hey, it's not Yakuza 7 anymore. It's
2: Yakuza Like a Dragon, Uh even though that is the entire series name in Japan. They're they're unifying it. I know, I know. Yeah, it's like
0: Resident Evil 7 Biohazard, which in Japan was called Biohazard 7 Resident Evil. (laughs) That's a
2: terrible name. But yeah, they announced that Yakuza 7 is going to be in the West later this year. It just came out in Japan in January, I uh-huh. think, or March. January. Yeah, Pretty January recently, and, yeah. and I thought that it would be a very long time before we got that game, but it'll be a launch game for the new Xbox.
0: This this trailer was goddamn ridiculous. It was at, nuts. At one point, one of the summons that they used, they called down an orbital ion cannon <laughs> on, on a on a boss and it fired like the fucking Death Star Beam into Tokyo. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Pizza has always had these really cheesy scenes and these really ridiculous. You can hire a chicken to do real estate work for you. Like it has ridiculous things, but most of them are pretty toned down. Like you can do karaoke and like go to a dance club, right? But mm-hmm. this one is just completely out of the park, insane, and I am very excited for how much it's giving into its own goofiness. They have this
0: back sun, when the and game announced a lobster. And, and yeah, back when the game announced in Japan. <laughs>
1: There was a, there was a, one of the summons I saw was just several crawfish. It was just many, (laughs) many, 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 many crawfish would swarm one person.
0: Oh yeah. And, and even the ones that aren't summons, I remember seeing a clip of one of the weapons was a champagne bottle and he would just like pop the cork off and it fired like a bullet and decked this enemy and just busted his face in and stuff like that. And then they showered the champagne on the enemies and made them all slip. It's, it's Ridiculous, and I can't wait.
2: I just, I don't, I know we've talked about Yakuza a lot, but I really, I don't know what this this game is going to end up looking like. But the the best thing about Yakuza, I think, is that it can be this ridiculous, but also, like, almost every game has made me cry. So I am how do very you feel excited.
1: About the, uh, mm-hmm. Sorry, how do you feel about the change of combat? Because the other games are sort of a, a third person, like, action brawler yeah. beat em up. This is taking a turn based strategy approach. What are your thoughts I on that? I welcome
2: it. I. I welcome that change. Um, just after playing so many of them in only a few months, I'm I'm not sick of the combat system. I have a lot of fun with it, but I've definitely grown a little bit tired of it. So I'm excited to see it be changed. And it looks like a fun way to do it. It doesn't look like they did traditional turn based combat. So I think it looks like a ton of fun.
0: Yeah, it's it's turn based combat with um with positioning and lacking instanced arenas so Mm -hmm. you so and you encounter someone in the world and the combat begins immediately and it's not like you line up on your row and them on their row it's positioning on every turn and area of effects and mm-hmm. you know near constant movement it looks like they're trying to keep the pacing in tune while changing the input style and whatnot so it's yeah. like one of the mid final fantasy
1: games where like you can position yourself yes. and okay interesting did they is it, it atb
0: sorry go is go it, is it atb uh i don't i don't think it's atb okay not, good not from what i got that's uh listener that's active turn battle um it's the final fantasy 7 8 9 system where you have to wait for a meter to fill up before oh it's it's like five and six too i think it it goes way back i did not know yeah yeah Uh, i'm not i'm not a big fan of atb sorry
1: atb is not is not fun it's worse it's slower than everyone every final fantasy fan is like it's better than any stinky turn-based dragon quest whatever but like those stinky slower turn-based games you decide the pace of everything with ATB, yeah. you spend a lot of time waiting for the game to give you permission to do what you want to do.
0: The best Final Fantasy combat systems are 10 for turn-based and 12 for active. Don't at me, listener. Uh, I will delete your phone if you do.
2: Oh Well, well.
1: <laughs> the whole phone. Um, the whole phone. Yeah, I'm definitely interested in uh, Yakuza 7. I played a little bit of Zero. Um, and I was thinking about playing it the other day, but then I remembered I don't own it. And it's with mm-hmm. you guys because I borrowed it from you, but you know. it's on Game Pass. I don't own Game it, Pass. Is it? oh. Well, it's cheaper than buying Yakuza Zero. Yeah, and it's. I, I think. I think Yakuza
0: Zero might be on sale actually.
2: It, yeah, there's a Steam sale going on right now. I think. Oh yeah,
0: I'll well, look into it. Okay. but anyway, so, here's here's my big question. Um, when I when I got my PS4 back in the day, I remember, and I and I think Alex will remember me saying this too. Um, seeing him play Captain Toad treasure tracker and saying, man, that's, that's what a video game is. That's not a, that's not a tech demo. That's just a game. And, uh, I was, I was wrong, but, but the point is that when I got my PS4, I remember feeling like the games were, were trying to catch my eye and I, and I didn't feel like I had justified that, that, that year one purchase. Everything felt like a, like a show floor, um, piece. Yep, and yep. I'm wondering if from what you've seen from Xbox so far and the and the ninth gen games, do you feel like anything here looks truly next gen like worth the ground floor entry? Here's the thing about this
1: particular thing. The reason that they advertise that whole you can upgrade the game afterwards is because these aren't really next gen games. These will run yeah. all of these will run on current gen hardware. Exactly. So I think that the I I think that your your complaints about, you know, how launch titles suck are absolutely true, but I think that their way of mitigating it is by having a weird soft launch, which mm-hmm. I don't know how that's going to work. Um, but I'm curious to see how that's going to work, um, and well, if and this PS4 means as well. Well, I, I no, wonder go, go. if this means that you know people who maybe are not as into games as we are are going to be like, oh, well, if I can upgrade all of my games to the next system, why don't I just sell this
0: system and upgrade them all to the next one? You know.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Um. I mean PS4 as well is backwards compatible and and I can see that going two ways. One is that everyone goes, well, there's no risk here. I'll buy a, I'll buy a PS5 and then uh there you go. I get to, I, I I get to keep my library. I get uh to future proof my console. But you'll also have a whole bunch of people who go like, well, um most of these games are cross-generational anyways. I have no reason to upgrade. And I'm curious what side is going to Went out because right now I know that I'm gonna want to buy a PS5 within that first 12 months, but mm-hmm. that's probably not a I good don't... idea. I'm gonna say but the that thing right is, now. Even...
2: why? But why? Even if because it's a good a idea because of the launch. launch is never a
0: good idea.
1: You're always gonna well, have like either the inferior version or a not great like launch set of games. You know.
0: Logically, yeah. you're probably right, but you bought the Wii U.
1: I didn't buy hey. the Wii U at launch at all. Are you kidding me? I oh, bought the didn't? Wii U. No, I bought the Wii U when they <laughs> brought the price down. They okay, they brought the price down. They bundled it with Mario Kart 8, and they threw another game in there because they were so desperate for people to buy it. I did not buy that thing at launch.
0: Oh man, I wanted a gotcha. No, I, I got gotcha you, you. There's
1: no. I don't think there's a gotcha in this case. <laughs> I can't. Do you I do gotcha like he
2: tried gachas. to gotcha the Vita earlier.
1: Yeah, he gotcha yeah. me back when I gotcha him. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Well, um, but no, I, I, that's something that I, I pretty firmly believe in is you should definitely wait and not buy a console immediately at launch because that will probably never turn out well for you
0: quick quick poll have there been any consoles that you guys have bought at launch
1: i got the wii at launch
0: do you regret it
2: i didn't i was a kid oh, my dad bought you did Wii at launch. It, okay yeah okay. so but no that was awesome yeah yeah
1: but yeah, otherwise you no. don't spend your money on it right exactly
0: have there been any consoles you've gotten at launch since you have your own money alex
1: I don't think so. Well, there haven't really been a lot of consoles out. The closest I think I've gotten was the Switch, but that was yeah. about, uh, what, like, eight or ten months after it launched? Like, I played through uh, Breath of the Wild, which was their big launch title, on my Wii U, because I was like, I'm not you- gonna buy a Switch.
0: You were waiting for Smash, mostly, right? I was also just waiting
1: for, like, more games. We didn't know mm-hmm. at that time a new Smash... I mean, we knew a Smash game was coming out, but we didn't know a Smash game was coming out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, for me, it's, like, there are a few game series that, like, if they were only coming out as launch titles for the new PlayStation, then I would buy it in a heartbeat. Like, if there was a new good Dragon Age game and it wasn't going to be on PS4, then of course it'd buy the PS5. But, like...
1: Yeah. I don't know. I It just... Well, def- that's, that's the other thing. Like I was saying earlier, is that they're doing this weird, like, soft launch with consoles where now everything can just kind of just be moved up. They're in an awkward transitional phase that yeah. they didn't really do last generation. They did that the generation before, if I mm-hmm. remember right, but they didn't really do that with a lot of games where like they had releases on multiple platforms of the same company, you know?
2: God, so when Dragon Age Inquisition came out, it was available on both the PS3 and the PS4. And um, they said that they were going to make every DLC available on the PS4 as well. and Well, an Xbox One, I guess, mm-hmm. And they did not. So anybody who bought that game, me included, had to buy a new copy of it on the PS four to play any of the DLC, which was obnoxious. Oh wow. It's, that's scummy. It was really scummy and it sucked. So like I don't know. If there are games that I want to buy that are going to be on the PS five anyway, then I'll probably just buy one pretty close to launch because that sucked and I'd rather not deal with that experience yeah. again.
0: It it always depends on the games. And yeah. I think that's why I asked about this conference because um I feel similarly to you, Alex, in the sense that, like, nothing in this presentation made me think that I could understand why somebody would need to go buy an Xbox Series X. By yeah. the way, side note, Xbox Series X?
2: Terrible name. Is the
0: name of their new console?
2: The whole... The, all of them are Series X because they're the <laughs> Xboxes.
1: What are Every the... Xbox has had an awful name. We've had the like Xbox. All been bad. Yeah, the Xbox. The first
0: Xbox, Xbox 360... Xbox One, and now Xbox Series X.
1: Which I I think you might have told me this, Nolan. I don't remember for sure, but apparently they call it the 360 because this was around the time the PS2 was coming out. So if they called it the Xbox two, people would have saw the bigger number on the PS three and been like, I want that one instead. Yeah. So they just decided to pull a weird random number out of their ass. Like a
0: 360 sounds cool. Let's do that. That's, that's exactly right. They, they didn't want to seem like they were behind and it would have continued too, because if they set the precedent, then when the PS four launched, they would have launched the Xbox three and it would have, it would have uh, seemed to an outsider. Like they didn't have their, have their stuff together.
1: So now their theme is that it's just (laughs) weird bullshit numbers and things that they're just kind of just throwing on there to make it sound different.
0: Yeah.
2: Xbox Series X. The next one's just going to be all X's.
0: I liked it when it was called Project Scarlet.
2: I didn't. That was stupid Scarlet was such a cool name. Yeah, that was awesome. Are you kidding me? How about
0: the Xbox Scorpio? Remember that? Oh,
2: yeah. That was cool. That was cool.
0: But they could have called it the Xbox Scarlet. That would have worked, I feel like. How does
2: that make any fun? What is that? That doesn't make any.
1: How does how does Xbox Series X make any sense? Scarlet sounds cool.
2: No, I'm saying this one's dumb too. They're both dumb. Sorry, editors. Yeah, but
0: one of them. Yeah, but one of them sounds cool. No, well. 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 Okay. Speaking of c- legacy console names and code names and internal development and all that jazz, um, there was a huge. Oh yeah, we're in the news now. Here's the but up but up but up. We're in the news. Jingle.
1: I mean, technically, that was news too. Yeah, you're right but now we're really in the news. Breaking
0: news. Breaking news.
1: Well, not breaking news because this was a (laughs) while ago and you'll probably get it after we've recorded it. So
0: point is there was a big source leak of Nintendo source code, um, going from the Game Boy all the way up to the Wii. Um, all kinds of internal documents and presentations and code got dropped and, uh, Alex, you know more about this than me.
2: Yeah, I know you were really excited to tell us about this. So I
0: do. This is nuts. So <laughs> through
1: some very illegal methods, people went in, broke into like Nintendo's backdoor security system, and just pulled as much shit out of there as they could. There were internal documents about development. There is source code for games. There is uh, SKUs for hardware. There is uh, hardware details. It's insane. It's not as big as we thought it was initially, but it's still pretty nutty. Um, one of the things that people were saying, um, or one of the, one of the more interesting things that got a little bit of circulation, was that there was some internal documents says like a presentation with Nintendo of America, I think it was, uh-huh. to explain why friend codes are a thing. And if I remember right, their reasoning was that because their market was children, they didn't want to like confuse people with full names yeah they didn't want to confuse people with like full-on names so they ended up having uh these like code names because you could misspell the name or get it wrong or whatever which was such a weird roundabout way to address that
2: yeah
0: if i remember the but oh sorry go ahead
1: oh i was just gonna say that uh, yeah people are saying like oh melee net play like uh uh emulation is going to dramatically improve from this Uh, N64, N64 emulation is still not all the way there. It's still, like, surprisingly far behind. Um, so I'm curious to see if that will ever get up to par from this, um, through these less than legal means. Um, but like I said, and I said just a minute ago, this is a very illegal thing that this hacker did, was getting a lot of this information. Um, very, very illegal. Unbelievably illegal. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I'm curious to see what your guys' take on this is. Like, do you care about the... Does the does the, the benefit outweigh the, the moral cost, you know?
2: What do you think, Nolan?
0: Well, okay, that's... It's a hard question to answer when you phrase it that way. Um, to be completely honest, my gut reaction is this. What the person did was wrong. Those documents were private. However, the information exists and it's it's now out there and i don't think that people who as hobbyists work on emulation or people who work with this information for a living like the guys that make beta 64 or whatnot i don't think that they should be precluded from using this information for their work for moral reasons because it's not it's not their fault that the information is now available and It would be kind of, well, it would be a waste not to use it now that it's there, I guess is where I fall down on that. There's an interesting thing. Sorry, just really quickly. Um, uh, This is not directly,
1: well, it is related. A couple of years ago, there were people who were working on a Wii U emulator not too long after it came out. And it was open source. At that point, an emulator is totally legal, right? Because you're reverse engineering the the code, right? You're not stealing any code or anything like that. Right. Uh Um... But there was this didn't nearly this didn't get nearly as much attention. But there was also a source code leak for the Wii U that got out there, and not too long after that got out, the Wii U emulator was no longer open source, and
0: they oh. stopped having
1: they stopped promoting it. So it's it's pretty much known that they just used that stolen code to perfect it, right? Right. Like Dolphin oh. is open source because they reverse engineered it. Um, but I wonder if Dolphin decided, hey, should we just use the official Nintendo code to make things run even better?
0: They'd it, have if to go would... closed source, or else it wouldn't be legal yep, anymore. Yep,
1: And then it would be, yeah, and then it would be, and, and, and it's still illegal, well, even with it closed source. Well, well, I mean, they wouldn't, it's illegal if you get caught,
0: well, but you know. It is it is illegal to use your emulator closed source, but you have more deniability. And furthermore, if your emulator was open source, then to everyone who downloads it, that, that that's a link in the chain, and then you're distributing stolen information and yep. that's a totally yep. different charge than just possessing it
1: mm-hmm. um, what's what's weird too is that there's a uh, not too pretty recently there was a leak about so a couple years ago mario 64 was completely decompiled um and somebody used that to make a native windows 10 version of mario 64 doesn't run on any emulators it's just a windows 10 application wow that's um, gotta be
0: it's gotta have an interesting modding scene
1: yeah yeah um but this came out around the same time, so everyone automatically assumed, oh, they used this stolen source code. No, they've been working on it for years, and it was public. Um, but Nintendo recently was like, went and di- of course took legal action against it. Sure. Um, and now any any site that's hosting it is at risk of being sued by them. So it's it's hard to get your hand... If you happen to have a cop... By the way, listener, if you happen to have a copy of uh, Mario 64 for uh, Windows 10, please DM me. But it's hard to get <laughs> your hands on on a copy of this because it's, you know... It's not exactly legal. Um, you walk a lo- You walk a weird fine line with things like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for context, like I said, it is perfectly legal to rip your own game files and do whatever you want with them. But the moment you put them up to share, then that's piracy. Yep. Um, right. Same with the, the emulation. If you're reverse engineering that source code, it's your code. You can do whatever you want with it. It's why if you're it... using Nintendo's code, then, then you're in hot water.
0: It's why every emulation or um, ROM repository, sorry to out you guys, but I'm pretty sure they don't actually expect that their hundreds of thousands of users possess every cartridge of every game they download. Oh, they certainly don't, You put a disclaimer on your site saying, hey, it's against the rules to download any of these if you don't have the cartridge, and that's, I, I don't really know if that makes you legally bulletproof, but it sure does push liability away. It's like, hey, we're telling everyone, don't break the law. If you use our tool to break the law, that's on you. Yeah, Um, it's
1: it's weird, too, because like, you know, you have something like, uh, I don't know, let's say uh, GoldenEye 64. Right. That's a perfect example, actually. Yeah. GoldenEye will never, ever, ever get re-released in any capacity because they have to go through Rare, which is now owned by Microsoft, Nintendo, who published the game and whatever they call the, the James Bond estate for the licenses. This game will never, ever come out, and if you do not own the system and the hardware to play it, which usually entails an older TV and, of course, an, a console that's no longer in production and the cartridges that are no longer in production, you just can't play this game anymore.
0: Even when games do come out after all those licensing debacles, there's often missing content. The old Grand Theft Auto games on PS2 and the Tony Hawk Pro Skaters often have their soundtracks stripped out, Um, or, or significantly cut with missing songs to in order to like avoid music licensing deals. So game preservation is really weird. And I know that this type of work is illegal, but as someone to whom games are my favorite medium, I mean, how would someone who was a reader feel if every 10 or 15 years a huge subset of books unless some hobbyists kept them stored somewhere just disappeared and you could never read them again unless you unless like your grandpa happened to have it and in is in, on his shelf you know it's like that's the, the thing the, the, the companies and... that own these works are not going to go through the effort and r&d to keep them accessible if the people don't do it because there's no, no absolutely there's, cause there's no money in it so they won't do it books and movies are such a completely different medium.
1: Like they are not locked behind hardware in the same way games are. It's, it's interesting. And, and, Mm -hmm. and there's been more time to develop laws for these. So like Mm -hmm. books and movies can become public domain. We haven't gotten to that point in games yet where, and also just in history where with our, with our public domain laws where that can even be a thing. Right. Um,
0: If games go public domain, that's going to be really interesting Mm -hmm. that would be fascinating to see what that what that means for for distribution and like fan games and whatnot you know what Janelle? do you have any thoughts on any of this
1: i
2: was trying to stay out of it i was hoping you would forget that i was here no because i can't (laughs) why because i don't know how i feel about it because like yeah on one hand i know we've talked about this to death so i'm sorry listeners but like on one hand i do think that if a game becomes completely inaccessible you should be able to access it but at the same time it's it's why i won't like illegally download journal articles for classes or games or steal people's art and repost it it's like this is art that people made so i don't know how i feel about it because it's incredibly complicated and it's way above my level of comprehension
0: what if what if like jstor had a section of scholarly articles published before 1990 that in like 2015 they just stopped supporting those servers right all of them disappeared and the only place to get them was some guy with a blog spot with pdfs sure like the writer doesn't get
1: them the guy with the blog spot, the pdfs is reselling them anyway right so it's not like
2: right
0: and i mean like that's the thing that makes it so interesting that separates it is that like those moral uh ideas and laws they all apply to and have been made to, to 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 four different mediums um and it makes it so hard to know i would not want to be in charge of a corporation dealing with this no it would be really really stressful <laughs> I, yeah. Well, I mean, the
1: corporation would just be like, end quote, pull it down. But yeah. like morally, you know, it's uh, it's weird. It's, f- it's a very weird, weird. difficult thing.
0: Well, and you know, games are going to have a hard time going public domain because where Disney did this for Mickey Mouse, Nintendo will do so for Mario. Oh, absolutely. They will, absolutely. They will That's never their let brand. Mario go public domain. It's never going to happen. Um, so we're going to be in the same, the same, you know, whirlpool. Yeah. With that. It's a tough thing. Uh, in other news, new Mass Effect HD remaster remake, it's unclear, on the way, according to a leak by, uh, what was this, this guy on Twitter named, uh, Jeff Grubb. Grubb. Well, he wrote
1: an article for, I forget what it was, but he dropped that at the very end and then was like, so did you guys just not see this or, and then just posted that, and then it started making news. Nobody wanted to read through the entire article to, to know that. He's,
0: he's a writer for Venture Mm -hmm. thank
2: you. You know, what I think I bet that there was some plan to announce that that was going to happen and they would have loved to be able to announce that to their fans. But then some guy just posted about it in an article.
1: Oh Oh, yeah. Maybe they were going to announce it at E3. Uh, Oh, Oh, what about Tokyo game show?
2: Hey, they're still doing Tokyo game show. Maybe PAX. Uh But I have never actually as a huge Bioware fan of the past Bioware. Let's be down now. But, um, The Dragon Age franchise was my favorite for years. And Dragon Age 2 is good. I don't want to hear anyone. Listeners, delete your phone. But um, (laughs) I've never really played Mass Effect. And Nolan has always told me that he wants me to and that they're great games. And I believe it. I just haven't. So this feels like a good opportunity to do it. That's cool.
0: Yeah, we'll see if that comes true. I hope it's on one disc. I hope it's Mass Effect the Trilogy one disc. P.S. Could they fit it on one disc?
1: Uh Or one cartridge if it comes to Switch? Hard
0: to say. Probably not on Snow, because like even LA Noir was two cartridges. Um for Switch it would probably be three separate games. I just hope that I would think it'd be cool if next gen was one disk that I'd be ready. Speaking
2: mm-hmm. of Nope. I thought okay, speaking of next gen. Yeah, go for how it. How about <laughs> how about last 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 gen? You
0: last guys, last last gen. Have
2: you guys thought about what I asked you last Wait, week. Wait,
0: you mean like whereabouts 1996, perhaps? <laughs>
2: perhaps, then. Perhaps? Perhaps.
0: The year of our birth? The year of our birth. Well, me and Janelle birth. Our,
2: our shared Bye. birth. Yeah, no one's a yeah. baby. We'll ask about his next, uh, but... I
0: came out right next to Final Fantasy VII. Congratulations. Actually. Oh, look, he's speaking. Aww.
2: But... He said his first words. But, um, have you guys thought about that at all?
0: You should re- re- re-ask the question so listeners are can remember, too. If
2: our listeners aren't taking notes during every episode... <laughs> I, <laughs> frankly, I don't even know why they're fucking here. I love showing contempt for our
0: listeners!
2: <laughs> no. It's so uh, much fun! So, I asked you guys We love you, to... listeners. Yeah, we love you guys. We
0: love you! Jen loves you, too. <laughs>
2: yeah. So... I asked you guys to think about what your favorite game from 1996 was. And my whole idea is that I want to ask you that about a different year every week or so. And then at the end of the term or the end of summer or whenever the end of something happens, Battle Royale of the video games is okay. my idea.
0: Ooh. So. That's a good idea. So mm-hmm. I asked
2: you guys last week about 1996
0: and. Do, do you have one?
2: I, I'm not part of this. Oh, okay. I, I certainly.
0: Wait, so it's just the two of well, us? Well, I'll get
2: into it later, but I just care about what you guys have to say right now.
0: Okay.
1: Nolan, you want to go first?
0: Yeah, I I think that my answer is the obvious one, Super Mario 64. There's <laughs> some big games that came out in 96. I think that Quake is a big contender as well, and I, I, oh, yep. I, I considered Quake. Um, but for my personal tastes, Mario 64 was a lot more influential to the games that built up my childhood and experience with games. And it holds up. It's a damn good game. That's my answer.
2: That's fair. What about
1: I'm going to go I'm going to go even further and say that Mario 64 didn't just define your childhood, but video games as a whole. Absolutely. Right? Mario 64 was so influential. Like there are a lot of good games in 96. I put a couple on the list just to really briefly go over. Kirby Superstar, really solid game, really hampered home the idea of like what a what a quality, quote-unquote budget title could be. Street Fighter Alpha 2, cult classic, refined the the fighting game formula in a lot of ways. Quake it's Quake, the father of first-person shooters, uh-huh. multiplayer first-person shooters. But you can't beat Mario 64. I think that's just too important and influential. That's fair.
0: I'm surprised that we just agree like that. I thought yeah, that you was, were gonna yeah. have like a curveball on me. Well, well, what? I mean, it's Mario fucking 64. Yeah. Do right? Doom 64.
2: See, okay, well, maybe Alex and I can fight because I was just thinking about my own personal... Don't say
0: Crash Bandicoot.
2: I was gonna say Crash Bandicoot! <laughs> Cra- Nobody likes the first Crash Bandicoot! I'm not saying... Nobody likes the first Fuck one! You. I'm not saying hmm, I wonder what game everybody likes from the year 1996. I'm thinking, what games came out that's in 1996 fair, fair. that I loved? Crash Bandicoot and Twisted Metal 2. Ooh. Those are mine. Crash Bandicoot. Okay, Twisted
0: Metal 2 is pretty solid. Yeah. yeah.
2: I, I shouldn't have said all that stuff about driving games earlier. I but. think, think
0: that's <laughs> really what it just shows is that you had a PS1 and we had Nintendos.
2: Yeah, that's true. Maybe I mean, this whole little thing isn't going to work because you guys are just going to be Nintendo boys. <laughs> really? And
1: I'll go, well. well, okay. 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 <laughs> It's hard to argue Mario 64 being the most influential and important game of 96. That's not
2: what I was asking. I was asking what your favorite game of okay. 1996 was.
0: Well, well, for me, it's the same. It's my favorite for that reason. Okay. Fair enough. For me, it's the same. It's also what... <laughs> I almost just said what I would have been playing in 96, but I was negative one. Um, what if, you were a <laughs> Do you think in the
2: future... Do you think in our cyberpunk feature, babies will play video games in the womb like like we played video games in McDonald's in the
1: 90s? Could we breed the perfect gamer Like, could you, like, just put... Like, the next ninja is just cloned and, like, cryogenically put in, like, a test tube to play, like, Micronic video games. But they're floating in monster energy time. Uh, Exactly.
0: They're, like, playing Death Stranding from birth to the age of eight, and then they move on to, like, Dark Souls.
2: That's incredibly poetic. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Woof.
2: I want you guys to think about 97 for next year please because that is a that is a hot year for 97 video games is next episode yep 97 i have not looked
1: into 97 yet i'm gonna have that to, is a big year for video games. this so i'm curious um all right now
2: Just we got a listener question uh-huh, uh-huh. i guess yeah question more like um
0: a demand a, demand? a, a, a challenge
1: do
2: you guys <laughs> what was that all about alex uh,
1: uh yes, I don't have it pulled up. Oh okay, well part. so I can pull, I can pull them. No, up is, I, I
0: don't need to pull it up. It was Francis O'Leary of the Daily Emeralds, and they said, "Fallout best Fallout debate win."
2: Best Fallout debate win. Best and Fallout
0: debate win. Now I guess it's now I guess. That's your answer.
1: Okay. My th- uh, so just to be clear, I don't have a dog in this race. I've never really gotten into Fallout. You mean a dog me
2: in um, this like race at, at all?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah i don't have a dog meat in this race i don't have i'm, I'm kind of a, a smooth skin when it comes to fallout so sure. and that's a thing that's what thing. i'm
2: excited about is that nolan and i are on completely opposite ends of this debate and we've had it throughout the span of our entire relationship
0: wait really yeah. actually uh one of our first conversations are on like one of our first dates was about this yeah mm-hmm.
2: so nolan what's your favorite fallout game
0: Fallout New Vegas, baby. Garbage
2: game. (laughs) Garbage game. Everybody likes it and they say it has the best writing, but the setting is boring and it sucks. And Fallout 3 is obviously the best Fallout game. Do not at me. Okay,
0: make your case.
2: You make your case first.
0: (laughs) Okay. My case is that Fallout New Vegas is not only a great explorational RPG in the tradition of Bethesda games of that time, it's also one of the best open-world RPGs in terms of player choice because the three-faction political power struggle and the effects that you can have on it can move and shake and change in so many ways. And even though moment-to-moment moment the decisions you're making in quests can be relatively binary, the overall effect on the world and the lead-up to the final Hoover Dam battle that tips the, tips the scales is is different every time and i really feel like i'm in the middle of a turning point in a region of the world whereas in fallout 3 i feel like i am stumbling upon a theme park succession of really pretty good stories that all don't interact and so while one has admittedly fallout 3 has more interesting environments and more interesting areas and a better sense of exploration it feels like disparate things that people in a writing room were like, What if we had a place like this? And what if we had a place like this? And then they jumbled them onto the map, as opposed to building a region, flush like uh, uh, building it up from a central idea and then making it feel authentic. That's mine.
2: That's fair. I don't entirely agree with that, but that's fair. I think for me, the thing I care the least about in any Fallout game is the story, because I frankly don't think that any of the Fallout games have very good stories. My interest in Fallout is seeing a post-apocalyptic United States of America, right? Or Canada. Can we have Canada next? I'd really like Canada.
1: That game, that game, isn't that game really America Cold War centric? Yeah,
2: but they annexed Canada. And
1: it's. But that would be like putting a, putting a GTA I in know. like Britain. Like the commentary is just gone. Yeah. It? It's uh-huh. not so
0: much Cold War as like, like World War Two propaganda. Like yeah. that, right after the victory in World War Two, with like hyper consumerist, um, happy go lucky, like hoorah America.
2: And I just feel like you get a little bit more of that in Fallout 3. Um,
0: you definitely do. Washington DC is a big deal for it's,
2: that. And it terrified me when I first played it. I don't want to be making these big decisions that lead into huge battles and Fallout. I want to be going through the subway and being afraid of ghouls and being in these dark, scary, radiated areas and going back in time with my stupid little watch and finding my dad. I want it to be <laughs> cheesy and scary, and that is exactly what I think Fallout 3 is. Mm-hmm. So I absolutely do agree with the idea that Fallout New Vegas has a better story, but I just don't care about that part. Sure. So...
1: Yeah, I like orange better than green. <laughs> See, and I
2: like green better than orange is See, the thing.
0: To your point, though, that you don't get as much of the um, Americana in New Vegas. I think you're right. Sort of. Um, I think that Fallout 3 has a way better sense of the um, hyper patriotic, like overtly dystopian um, America that is making a commentary on it being imperialist and just... Obsessed with itself and so so backward-looking, like the like the like the founding father-themed rifles and yeah. things being named after Lincoln and stuff and all that.
1: Isn't Liberty Prime just like cartoonishly the bad guy? But people still think that that's like a a pro, like a good Liberty, thing in those games. Liberty
0: Prime is like a giant robot made by a, a a religious zealot paramilitary borderline fascist group that tears into the main city of the game and just. Busts shit up with a laser, and it goes, like, what does it say? Like, I won't stop until all commies are dead. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. It, it its quotes are always like the death communist.
1: Death is a preferable alternative to communism. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 But people take that quote and use it unironically, like they completely miss the the like satire behind that.
0: Yes. Yeah. And 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 I agree with you about all that, but I think that Fallout New Vegas alternatively explores the american frontier myth of like the rugged lone wanderer and that wild west ideal of you know striking it out on your own in the world and and like you end up you end up um toppling a precariously balanced system of power and and resulting in the death of hundreds of people sure by by acting out that fantasy um and so they're both they're going for different things i
2: I just feel in general like an apocalyptic setting is more impactful in a more populated area yeah, you know, if it's in the desert, then it doesn't really feel like an apocalyptic setting as much as just like a, you know, the desert.
1: Yeah. So, so th- this is interesting. Sorry to derail it a little bit, but you have two different representations of America here. Yeah. You have uh the the sort of like fundamentalist patriotic um hoorah Americanism, and then you have the sort of like rugged rugged individualism, like Wild West um shoot first talk later type thing in the other game. Mm-hmm. What type of America is Fallout 4? It's,
2: um, uh, Bad? Fallout 4 had potential. It did. That's why I bought my PS4. Did you guys know that?
0: Yeah. Um, Was it really? Yeah, so
2: I could play that game. I finally justified buying my PS4 so I could play that on release. And it's not... Fallout 4 is Fallout's America. It's like a caricature of Fallout. It's not anything like real America, if that makes sense.
0: Fallout 4 is like... Interesting. It oh. was like flanderized. Yeah. You know. What type of Fallout is Fallout 76?
1: Um.
0: Fallout 76 what type is...
1: of What type of America is Fallout 76? Fallout 76
0: is very similar to Fallout 3, I think, in, in what it's going for. Um, except it being like the Virginian countryside does, does have a...
1: wow, I, I did not expect a genuine hint more of. No.
0: Look, here's the thing. there's really only so much you can do with like flipping the coin on that concept at some point they have to revisit the same ideas i don't personally trust bethesda to do that yeah but um okay so we so it sounds like we kind of agree we just uh prefer different aspects i agree i think fallout 3 is better for exploration and atmosphere and tone and i think fallout new vegas has the better story and you prioritize one and yeah. Me Me the other.
1: I really like how you guys summarized it by talking about different eras and aspects of Americana because yeah. those games are very like very critical of American culture. Yeah. Um and that's something I never realized, it's something who is someone who just watches as uh, someone who's watching from the bylines, right? Yeah. Like I knew these were games that were critical of Americana and American culture, but I didn't know the, the details about how different they were, you know. Yeah. Before we So thank you. I learned something today. Yeah.
0: yeah. Before we end the show, can we just <laughs> real Sorry, quick shout out what we would say for what we want for five? setting wise yeah what do you want
2: oh no you first i need a second
0: new york city
2: yep okay yeah i don't
0: i want it to not be about the american mythos of the 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 american culture i want it to be about like rabid capitalism
2: absolutely that's what i want Fallout to be about the one thing that fallout 4 did very well or almost did very well was having these giant skyscrapers where you found out about these shitty horrible capitalists who just were awful back before everything happened and new york would just be full of that and that would be fantastic
0: new york would also necessitate a complete rethinking of fallout map design because they would have to go urban 100 percent. yeah they couldn't have wasteland which would make it like notably different from all the other games Mm mm-hmm um, could be a disaster, could be a cool reinvention. I don't know. I don't-
1: Can I suggest something that I've thought about forever ago as a bystander of Fallout that has made me realize something after you guys had this discussion? Yeah. Please. Uh, Honolulu. Eh. Because oh, okay. one part of America that they haven't really capitalized on is, uh, colonialism. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know if you guys have ever actually been to Hawaii, but, like, it's not, like, you have, like, the, the little kitschy island paradise parts, then you have fucking military installations yeah. everywhere. And like and like fighter jets just flying over you sometimes. My- and that weird cognitive dissonance seems like it would match really well with the tone of See, Fallout. See,
2: I agree with you in theory, but I don't think that they would do anything smart with that. I think it would be more like sure. Fallout seventy six, where they have really weird monsters.
1: I I think yeah, they would yeah. have. And this is a, this is a- yeah. This is, again, an outsider, a total uh-huh. outsider, saying, this might be cool. I have no, like I said, I have no dog meat in this race. I've never really gotten into a fallout game. I, I
0: think that's a fantastic idea, personally. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't even consider the military base aspect. But you're you're completely right. And the dissonance of having sort of tropical jungle areas with, like, freeway overpasses going between them would be really interesting. Um, but, Yeah. I'm I gotta say, I'm with you on not trusting Bethesda. I think they would completely undermine the message of that setting by having like pay eight dollars to like get a lay that you can put around your character's neck or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and just completely undo the messaging. But
1: Can it be like a timeshare cult?
0: <laughs> oh, I feel like that would um, go really well no. in, in Hawaii. Oh that would be um, so no. good. <laughs> oh, time I, shares we love them
2: i also of course sorry i know we're really cutting it you could also
1: have like deserts because the oceans fucking dried up isn't it so like you would have these like cool ravenous caverns where like yeah. the beach was at one point
2: um an-
1: i don't know that's just anyway we're running out of time you right. were saying another
2: one i would want but we're getting this with the last of us so i'm pleased is the pacific northwest
1: yeah
2: i i know that like fallout what two i think fallout two comes was into in, like kalamath uh, falls southern a little oregon little bit. and california yeah. Yeah.
1: it's like yeah, it's like Nor NorCal, yeah.
2: right? But like a Seattle Portland area, uh-huh. I think could be very interesting. So
0: it really could. Yeah, it would
2: yeah. be a really cool mix of an urban setting and forest, and I think that'd be very fun.
0: Yeah. Well, we we're, we're hitting the limit here, so I think we should wrap it up. But uh, that has been the Emerald Gamescast episode twenty-four. I've been Nolan and, and the,
2: the the Nello series. X <laughs>
0: And, and? <laughs>
1: uh, I'm Alex And also don't forget to uh, If you have any questions Things you want to talk about Send us an email At, gamescast at gmail.com, Or just send us a Twitter message Or tag us At ODE Gamescast At twitter.com We fixed Finally it.
0: unified the brand yeah. And shout out to the Portland journalist who retweeted that and thought we were using an actual <laughs> Aurelian doublespeak. We love you.
1: Oh, okay. Were they no, I though? I still think he's playing along with the
0: joke. I, I, I can't tell. That's the best kind of joke, right? Yeah.
1: yeah. Please email us to tell us if, <laughs> if you got our bad joke or not.
0: Yeah. And uh, thanks for listening. See you next week.